Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Three, that's a magic number. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Good evening, my people. It is Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score, leading you right into Bulls basketball. Bulls taking on the Golden State Warriors. I was going to say the Steph Currys, but taking on the Golden State Warriors tonight. Pre-game starts at 845. You know how those West Coast games are. They keep you up late at night. I'll be watching that one for sure. Um, but in the meantime, between time, these are my top three stories that are in my head. I call them the trifecta. They are in no particular order. Number three. Number three story is that, hey, guys, Justin Fields practiced. I know you keep all your friends and, you know, the, 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 the water delivery guy and the, 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 the milkman. They're all saying how Justin Fields should be shut down for the whole season. But, well, unfortunately for them, Justin Fields has played – Two had, had two practices without any injury designations, meaning that he is on track to play Sunday versus the Green Bay Packers. This, to me, is important. I can't say it enough. Caesar, I, 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 I tried to shut him down for three weeks. I tried to shut him down for the Jets, the Packers, and the bye week, and I wanted, I wanted him to be fully rested. But then I realized I missed him. If I can have him play one more game this season, wouldn't it be Sunday? That's what I'm trying to say. And 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 if if, if you're wondering if something happens to him, listen, he has the bye week to really rest that up again. Hope, the hope is that he'll continue to avoid contact the way he has these last couple of weeks. Obviously, that one was the outlier, um, that one incident there at, to end the game. Uh, so, again, I think it'll be different. But here's uh, Iberflus talking about Justin Fields' uh, injury update. Progress. You know, when you mobility and strength, you know, and then with the with the medical staff, you know, they look at him. He's he's gaining mobility, strength. He feels more confident, and it goes from limited to full, and that's what happened. Um, and he feels good. I had a good practice again today, so we're excited about where he is. Are you able to tell us that he's he will start someday? I mean, uh, looks. Right, I mean, if it keeps you know going the way it is, last two days it's a green light. So that's what we're looking at. And here's the see. This is why this is important. And the reason why I can admit that I was wrong in wanting him to sit out three weeks, the correct answer was one week only. Do not let him play against the Jets. Allow him to heal his body. 
and then reassess the situation if, in fact, he says, hey, I feel good. I didn't realize how much Coach Eberflus is going to miss him, how much Luke Getze was going to miss him, how much Ryan Poles was going to miss their star quarterback. And that's what you're seeing. Everyone, every single person is like, no, I need to, I want to watch greatness. Don't hate on him. I, I heard you just snicker right there in the car. Don't hate on him. He is the leading quarterback rushing yards in the NFL in a single game. This is it's facts. I'll set it. Anyway, all right, let's just go to number two. Number two. Alec Burks. Guarding it from the start, Wiggins again. Here's Curry for the record. It's good! There it is! Stephen Curry! The all-time three-point king in the NBA! It's always good to watch greatness. I can't say that enough, man. You know, I'm a Sox fan, but when Chris Bryant was an MVP, I, I would go to Wrigley just to watch him because I wanted to see what an MVP looked like up close and, and personal. I watched Jokic play for the Denver Nuggets a couple weeks ago here in Chicago just because you want to see greatness. And so if you're at home later tonight or you download that Odyssey app, you can listen to greatness or watch it uh, as the Bulls take on the Golden State Warriors. Bulls obviously dropped that last game to the Phoenix Suns. And I've been asking, I would love for you to answer this question via text message. 312-644-6767. It's an interesting one. If you were to replace either Zach or DeMar with Devin Booker, do the Bulls win a championship? I don't know if they win a championship, but they've got to be, I think they're a better team with Booker, don't you think? So I'm saying, so 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 if you had, so the real, real deep down sneaky question that I'm asking is, would you prefer Zach and Book or DeMar and Book? That's the, that's, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, and then there's a sneakier question below that. Uh, you didn't say Demar and Book, though. What about yeah, Demar I, and I Book? Said, I said, yeah, that's what I said. I said you got to replace either Zach or Demar with Book, right? So it's either so your new team is either going to be Zach Levine and Booker, or Demar Derozan and Booker, right? Well, I, I've, I've told you before, I, I was not in favor of, of giving Zach Levine the contract oh, he the currently holds. Answer. So I'm going to go with Demar and Book. That's the that's the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wrong answer. The correct answer is in in this this NBA in the 2022 NBA, Zach and Book would be a better duo. Anyway, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Number two in your trifecta is Bulls taking on, of course, the Nuggets tonight. Pre-game starts at eight forty five right here on six seventy. The score: Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Mike Esposito today filling in for Alyssa Bergamini. Excuse me, Warriors today, Warriors. Um, and, and Mike Esposito filling in uh, for Alyssa Bergamini today. All right, make sure you check that out right here on 670 The Score. Number one. Number one. And this one is continuing on about the Bulls, man. So according to Zach Lowe, Lakers have had internal discussions about a trade for DeMar and Vooch. Now, I'm, I'm going to make this very clear. That's internal discussions. That means those talks have not left Lakerland. All right, so it's not don't don't go out there telling your friends misinformation and being like, yo, I heard the Bulls talking about trading Demar and Vooch for no, 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 no. The Lakers, the same way you might have your own internal discussions with your boys, you know, what I'm saying or your girls or whatever it is, that's what's going on right here. So don't read too deep into this. However, we did have an opportunity uh, to get pull some audio from that. So here's Zach Lowe talking about that very rumor. 
it seems horrible because they just went half in, not all in, but somewhat in to build this team. The team was in first place 40 games into the season last year, whatever, 50 games, whatever the hell it was. They're minus six per 100 possessions. With, all right, all right. With you know what, Lord, 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 I don't need him t- telling me about how bad the Bulls are and why he feels that that is. But he did touch on who from the Lakers would be coming to the Chicago Bulls. R- Russell Westbrook would be the guy right there. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook and some picks. I don't know how I feel about that. First of all, I think... DeMar and Vooch, if you're getting rid of two of them, that's that's too much. That's too much to give up for the team when you're thinking about this Bulls squad and what you would want to return. You're, you're essentially saying you're starting all over if you're giving up two of the three that you have. I still think the Bulls can, can be competitive. It's just a matter of which one of those three you're going to be moving. Here's Zach Lowe talking about Westbrook to the Bulls. The trade I saw on Twitter was Russ in both picks, one with light protection on it, I think, for DeRozan and Vucevic. I can tell you 100% for sure the Lakers have had internal discussions about that very possibility if it would ever come up. Not that they would do it. Let me be clear. Just like you look around the league like any responsible team would and say, okay, we know the Pacers option is there. The Utah option was there. Okay. First of all, I don't like you talking about my team without me being there. And then you're trying to say that that's not what they're saying and that's not what you're saying. I don't like any of that. And don't try to pawn Russell Westbrook off to off to the Bulls. And for some draft, we're not there yet. All right. If you, the only name I want to hear is Anthony Davis coming from the West Coast. I don't even want to hear LeBron James. All right. That's your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Three. That's a magic number. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Again, man, Bulls basketball, 845 pregame starts right here. Uh, we're leading you right into that. And. Uh, still talking, still talking Chicago sports, man. Not only just the Bulls, but we get an opportunity to talk about some Bears as well. As we mentioned, Justin Fields, full participant in practice today. What most would say is leading to him playing on Sunday, which a lot of us want. And we get an opportunity to talk to someone who was at Hallis, who has been following the Bears closely, and that is Cassie Carlson from Fox 32. She's my co-host on Bears Unleashed. She would join us. Right after the break. All right, don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. It's great. I mean, obviously, when you get your starting quarterback back, you know, and a guy that's electric like that and, you know, makes a lot of plays for our football team, uh, it's obviously a big boost in the arm, you know, to, to the whole football team. And guys are excited out there, not only the offensive guys, but the defense and special teams. Everybody's excited that he's out there moving around and being himself and certainly missed him last week. Um, so, yeah, exciting. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Happy Friday, everybody. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Hopefully your hands are on 10 and 2 as you're driving to wherever you're going. That hot date. Are you on a, going on a date and listening to the score on the way? That's that's super aggressive right there. You know what, though? I like it, though. You're my, you're my kind of guy. Or girl, for that matter. Um, again, don't forget 7, or excuse me, 845, Bulls, Phoenix, Suns, Pre-game starts. You got Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Mike S. My gosh, the Warriors. I keep saying the same thing. Is it, you know what it is? I'm, I'm stuck on. I'm stuck on the game. You, you don't. You don't know what it's like to watch that game. Stay up late and watch Devin Booker just drop 51 on you. It does something to you. It does something to your brain. It's like all you do is see Devin Booker hit. You thought Demar Derozan was the best mid-range shooter in the NBA. 
And then you watch Devin Booker just put on a clinic. Anyway, all right. So that's happening again, 845 today. Right now we get an opportunity to talk to one of my homies. She is the host of Bears Unleashed, a show that I am on. It'll be airing today at 930 on Fox 32. She is the sports anchor for Fox uh, as well, and she partakes in the Fox kickoff and Bears postgame on Sundays. Uh, I am talking about none other than Cassie Carlson. Cassie, what's up? How are you, Gabe? Two times in one day. I'm so lucky. I know. No, I'm the lucky one. Is going on here because I get a, I get a good photographer. Caesar. The good thing is this: you know, I go into go into Bears Unleashed. We film it a little bit earlier. I try to dress up as best as possible, and then he's I'll, got a strong jacket, Gabe. My my, my Blazer game is all right. I'm, I'm old, so I've had enough built up over the years. But the good thing is this: Cassie will take good pictures from good angles, and that's the good thing about having Cassie on set. Not only is she brilliant and, and knows her stuff so well. <laughs> But she can also make her her friend look well. Um, so, Cassie, let's talk about this game. First, let's talk about Justin Fields. I mean, you know, obviously everyone's saying, okay, well, he was a full participant in practice today, and that's great and all. But what do you what what is what has the vibe been like? Does it seem like one where you know they're still playing the game of saying Justin Fields is going to be there, but then ultimately they, they might pull him, or does it does everyone kind of on board and it feels that way in the building that Justin Fields is going to play? Yeah, I feel like earlier in the week, it was kind of that gamesmanship that was still going on because yesterday when we talked to Luke Getze before practice, he was the one that had said he thought Justin Fields was going to be limited at practice again. So then I think we were all thinking, okay, well, is Trevor Simeon going to be practicing? Because at that point, we didn't know he was going to be out for the season with season-ending surgery on his oblique. And then we're all like, so is it going to be Nathan Peterman against Aaron Rodgers on Sunday? Um, And then you go to practice and you see Justin Fields throwing the ball, handing it off. And just from a naked eye, it really looks like he looked and felt fine. Granted, we don't know what's going on with his left shoulder and how it feels and all those movements and everything, because last we heard last week was that he was still having pain when he was throwing the ball and handing it off. So I remember sitting in the media room at Hallis Hall yesterday when we got that injury report and you look at it and it was like Justin Fields, full participant. We're like, wait, what? Like this guy is now going to play. And then you walk to the locker room to go get your interviews and Fields was out there working with Chase Claypool, especially a little bit after practice. They were late coming into the locker room. So then I felt like you kind of got this feeling that this locker room truly believed that he is going to start on Sunday. And I think Jalen Johnson called him a soldier. He said, you know, he is tough as nails and he's out there and we're ready to go see him fight. He's the leader of this team. And you heard Matt Eberflus talk about today that if things continue to go like they have the last two days, Sounds like he's going to be the one starting. I also think there is something to it when you hear that Simeon's going to be out for the season, and then you look, is it Nathan Peterman? And then you look, if it's not Nathan Peterman, is it Tim Boyle who just got here three days ago? And I do think that Justin Fields is just this true ultimate competitor, and he hears that Aaron Rodgers is playing banged up, and he's like, <laughs> if I'm not going to hurt my shoulder further, yeah, I, there's no chance I am not going to be playing on Sunday against the Packers. Yeah, and I think that's – that, that, that's what we know about Justin Fields. And Heron has mentioned it a lot, even in his college career. He always liked to step up to the challenge, especially when there was a quarterback that was as skilled as he was on the other side because he wanted to prove his worth and his value. Now, you mentioned you know, Nathan Peterman being the backup with Trevor Simeon and the, the, the abdominal injury there. But Tim Boyle, a guy who was playing for Detroit on their little practice squad a couple weeks ago and somebody that has familiarity with Luke Getz's offense – I mean, it's better than David Montgomery being the emergency backup, right? Uh, oh, damn. Is it? I, Maybe? I don't know. 
know. I see, and everyone talks about, I think what I think of is, yes, Tim Boyle's familiar with Luke Getzey, but a lot of these receivers that have come in have talked about, especially Chase Claypool, because I think everyone thought he would come in and he would make this instant impact and compete to, compete to be a number one wide receiver in this offense. And then you start hearing that, like, this offense is just not that easy, and it's not that easy to learn for a receiver. So I can't even imagine what it would be like for a quarterback and then you just look at how this Bears offense has operated when it's successful and, and what we didn't see in New York against the Jets because Justin Fields didn't play is that when Fields runs and extends drives and extends plays with his legs. And so uh, maybe David Montgomery, especially against a bad rushing defense <laughs> that the Green Bay Packers have, would be the better backup quarterback. That's such a good point. And, I, and it's as funny as that because I could see you piecing that together in your head, Cassie. Yeah, where you're like, like, you know what, though? I don't know. Tim Boyle, I don't know. David Montgomery might have a better shot at this. Some designed runs. I, I think I think you're, you're onto something with that one. Um, but I, fortunately, we don't we don't have to see something like that because we're expecting a, a healthy Justin Fields to be playing all game long. Do you, you – you know, we talked about this, Cassie, where the Bears play, now play the Lions. They've played the Falcons games that they should have won and now they're in this position do you feel like this is I don't want to call it the Super Bowl for the Bears but a game that's that important not only because it's the Packers but because you get to put a W uh, you know a chalk in the in the W column for your team to try to lead you into the end of the season yeah I do think there is almost this desperation feeling for a win at this point in the season when you're riding a five game skid and and you deal with it's not just the injury to Justin Fields, it's Darnell Mooney, it's Eddie Jackson. It's just like one thing after another week after week. they just keep getting this these bad news and these bad injuries that it's like what can go right for us and so I know a lot of people are thinking, you know what bears need to just lose out the the rest of the season. they're gonna get a high draft pick, but I do think that the Packers just means something different and, and there's a pride aspect to it and knowing what Aaron Rodgers did last time he came to soldier field and it was Alan Lazard who said, you know, he has to go back once a year and, and remind everyone that he owns Chicago and owns the bears. Um, I do think there is just, it's a rivalry game and it means more chase Claypool even said this week that, he knows about the rivalry because of Equinemia St. Brown when he played for the Packers and he's heard about it. Um, he thought that the series was tied and everyone was like, yeah, no, no, the series is not tied. Not um, quite, not quite. Not quite. Um, so I do think that, you know, this, this would mean something for this locker room, especially. And everyone's talked about how the guys have remained together through all of this. And I do think a lot of them see the bigger picture of what Ryan Poles is trying to build with this organization. And they know that this wasn't going to be a turnaround season at all. They are rebuilding and, and every move that they have made is evident that they are doing that. Um, but just to get one against the Packers and knowing that you're going into the bye week with a win and then you have a really tough stretch of games, I do think that everyone just just would feel that that is what this locker room needs, especially just some of the ways they have lost the games. You talk about those two-minute drives that it was like six out of their eight losses at one point they couldn't com- complete a two-minute drive. Um, you just – you would like – to see that happen yeah. this season. It, it's, it's, been, it's been tough to watch. I will say that. We're talking to Cassie Carlson, sports anchor on Fox 32. Also, uh, her and I do Bears Unleashed together. You guys can check that out tonight, 930 on Fox. You, you mentioned the the rivalry, Cassie, that exists between the Bears and, and the Packers. And it was funny because even some of the newer guys felt it after week two. 
right? They had that exciting win versus San Francisco, and then they were able to, you know, come back, and it seemed like it was almost like a litmus test there where everyone in the locker room was saying to themselves, okay, well, we, we shocked the world and beat the, beat the Niners. Can, can we do the same versus the Packers? We feel like we're a good team. And then the Packers put it on the Bears, and then some of these guys felt it. They felt that hurt, and they understood this one, this one felt a little different than most. Would you do? Do you think in, in in these kinds of situations? I know a lot of people talk about it, Cassie, because you were in the locker rooms, you were, or you you were there, you know, talking to the guys after that kind of game. Do you feel like even though they say it's just another game, that like that there is something in it? Like they do hate Aaron Rodgers just a little bit more than any other quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I don't know if they would say hate. Like I think everyone in that I, locker I'm, room. I'm using that. I, I, I'm the using heck hate. Out of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, I know you can say hate, um, but I I do think they understand what it means. I mean, Justin Fields. I want to say it was in training camp or something. He said he didn't really have any personal goals, but he did point out that he wanted to beat the Packers. Like that was his sole goal, and it's just kind of embedded in the DNA of. Bears and Packers I think the Packers feel the same way about the Bears like everyone truly like lives for this rivalry and they know how much people care about it and it's not just in the locker room it's the cities and I will never forget that locker room after the Packers lost it was like Sunday night football it was their first loss of the season and it was like it, it was a depressing place to be like yeah. these guys were like oh, oh my god we just lost to Green Bay and they, and they were embarrassed um on primetime television and so and i think especially this year knowing the bears record but seeing the flip side and seeing that this is not the packers team that it's been in recent years and and they've lost 7 out of their last 8 and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the weapons that he usually has and and he there's talk about him is this his last season in green bay um i think that you know regardless of what the standing is in the season like the players do understand the magnitude of what the Packers mean and I think it's more to the city and because a lot of players talk about like the fans mean so much to them and sometimes I'm like is that overblown but I do think they understand what Green Bay and Chicago Chicago's rivalry is like yeah I mean I think and I think it it hits home man I mean I I did a special yesterday on Odyssey the Odyssey app and, and for Odyssey sports and it was on the Bears Packers rivalry and I just I went into the scores system and I typed in Packers as I was prepping for this, and I figured I, there might be some clips of, you know, some Packer hate in there. There was like 486 clips of just people being like, Packers suck, or stories about the Packers sucking, or everything. Like, it is so embedded into the culture of Chicago just to hate Green Bay. And and the way I explained it yesterday, Cassie, was, you know, Green Bay hates Chicago because we're the cool big brother, right? And, and, and you're like... And then what do you say to, to the cool big brother? Man, he ain't that cool. He's, you know, I'm cool, whatever. I don't need that guy. And that's how Green Bay feels. And then then Chicago is the older brother that sees the younger brother being cool. And they feel a certain type of way about it. They have the Brett Favre's. They have the Aaron Rodgers. They, 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 they're getting everything done. And despite us being the older, cooler brother, we're still looking at them like, damn. They got things figured. This guy got things figured out over there. And that's why we hate them so much. Or I personally hate them so much. Uh, yeah. And everyone talks about Bears Packers. They're like, what do you remember? I'm like, I feel like it's the same game every single time. <laughs> yes. It's going to be close. And all I remember from my childhood is an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary that ends the game. Just what it happened. Well, he steals your soul at the end of the every game. Every single We've time. We've seen this movie several times before. 
uh, talking to Cassie Carlson for Fox 32. Here on 670 The Score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. You know, Cassie, this Sunday, this game versus the Packers, I mean, you know, some would say with Justin Fields that it's winnable. Would you say the same? Um, I say yes, but it goes back to what I was just saying. Um, And, like, if there's any year, any season to beat the Packers, like, this is the year. But, unfortunately, I I think it's just the Bears' defense, which to me has been the most disappointing part about this season as a whole with Matt Eberflus coming in and his defensive principles that we just have not seen them. And, like, this defense just seemingly cannot stop anyone and so when you can't get off the field um consistently when you make mike white look like a pro bowl quarterback um hall of fame quarterback i don't think you can win games you can put up as many points as you want on offense but if you can't stop the other team from putting up points i just i I think it's going to be hard um but and i don't know what justin fields and that game plan is going to look like i mean if he's running like he did against the dolphins and the lions i think we're talking a little bit different but i don't think that's necessarily going to happen either. And so I I do think it'll be a close game. I think the bears have proven they can stay in games, but to finish a game until they show me that they can do it, I just don't see it happening, especially against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It is tough because you're right. I mean, the Packers offense is going to destroy the bears defense. This we know. And then the the question on the other side is, well, does the bears running attack destroy the worst rushing defense in the NFL in the green Bay Packers? And that, that seems to, that seems to be the question for the last five weeks, right, outside of the Trevor Simeon game, it's like, are we expecting Justin Fields to score every time he touches the ball? Because that's how that's the only way he's going to end up winning the, these games. And especially on Sunday, if you're, if you're anticipating a win and you're thinking, how is it going to happen? It's like, well, yeah, Bears need to run the ball down their throats the way they tried to do in week two. But the biggest difference is they need to come up with points. Why, why do you think the Bears struggle so much in the red zone, Cassie? I don't know because I, I think it's like sadly it has improved a little bit, but not to what we want it to see. And it was like those middle games in the season after they went like over three in the red zone a handful of times, they started getting Cole Komet involved a little bit more. And I, I just think it comes down to the lack of playmakers. Um, and and I know Chase Claypool will hopefully emerge as the new number one wide receiver with Darnell Mooney out um, because he has the body. I think he has the attitude and believes that he truly can be the number one guy for this team but it just seems like it's it's more like situational football and that's where you you win and lose games and the bears just aren't able to to figure out how to play to, to win in situational you're so, football you're so nice Cassie. Red zone, <laughs> i'm so nice the way you're the way you're putting it out there just sounds like, it's like I, i'm sitting there and i'm like right, what do you say they, they suck? yeah the, these these <laughs> skilled players aren't getting it done and it's okay because we knew this right and so you're like you know the skilled position players you know, you know and i'm like no absolutely not Chase Claypool, you need more Byron Pringle in you. Cole Komet, you needed to. Like, you got to help out your quarterbacks. You got either Trevor Simeon or Justin Fields, who's ever out there. I mean, that's what needs to happen in the red zone. And you need to throw the ball, right? If we're talking about skill players, if people are saying Luke Getz isn't throwing the ball in the red zone because he doesn't trust his wide receiver, he doesn't trust what's going to happen, whether it be with Justin Fields or anything that happens along the session, it's like, so what? So what? So what? You got to try it. I'm getting upset because... I just want more points on the board, and I really want the Bears to win this one last game for the season. Is that so much well, to ask? Well, think, too, that, like, I mean, at this point, yeah, just throw the ball up to Chase Claypool and see if he can catch it. Like, you don't, like, if, if these guys aren't open, 
they're never open, right? Right. So th- that's what I would like to see. Like, just put it on the spot and see if they can make the catch because uh, the scheming guys open is work sometimes, but these guys just aren't getting much separation. Um, so I do think you just need to test that passing game a little bit more. It's never going to be perfect. Um, All right. But yeah. I, let me let me ask know. you this. There's, then. there's so many problems. <laughs> let me ask you this then, Cassie. If if you were if you were Chase Claypool or Byron Pringle, do you want the the lofted up bomb like like Chase Claypool had, or do you want do you want the rifled rocket that Byron Pringle had to score the touchdown? Like if you're because if you're saying throw me oh, the well, ball, that was about to be an interception. <laughs> the, the Byron Pringle one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Hey, but that's, I'm thinking to myself like if Justin Fields, Justin Fields got a, got a, got a cannon, right? So it's like if I'm asking Justin Fields to just throw the ball, am I asking him to throw a, a bullet and just kind of like let somebody either knock it down or go somewhere else, or do I want him to loft it in there with some finesse? I don't know. I guess I have to think about that one. I think I want him to loft it in there, and I'm going to rely on my speed. Okay, your speed <laughs> and athletic ability. Caesar, she does tell me she could burn by me in the 40 yard dash, so I believe her wholeheartedly. All right, <laughs> Cassie, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. I appreciate you jumping on the score. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Have a good one. Of course, Cassie Carlson, anchor at Fox 32 News, also our host on Bears Unleashed. Again, you can check that show out tonight, 9:30 p.m. On Fox 32, myself, Gabe Ramirez, Cassie Carlson, and Anthony Heron. We all get a chance to hang out together, man. It's a real fun show. Make sure you guys check that one out, all right? Um, Let's see. So, coming up in just a second, if you were watching some World Cup today, man, the United States' very first game of the knockout round starts tomorrow, 9 a.m. United States versus the Netherlands. going to be a great one. We get an opportunity to talk to... A, a great American player in Mike McGee played for the Chicago Fire, won a couple of uh, MLS Cups uh, with the LA Galaxy. And when he comes on, if the United States is going to shock the world and advance in the World Cup, how? How? What do they need to do exactly? What should you be watching for tomorrow in order for them to secure that victory? We'll ask Mike McGee on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez live right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. McKinney, Jess making a big run. It's meant for him. Jess is stuck in behind. Jess in the middle. Pulisic scores! Might have paid the price, but the U.S. takes the lead. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Saturday morning, 9 o'clock. Oh, man, it's going down. United States versus Netherlands. Of course, the knockout rounds. For the World Cup, it was a lot of people are just looking forward to like 2026, but it's good to see the United States start that snowball right now, right? By getting out of the group stage and someone that knows a lot more about this than I do, but we get to pick his brain. Nonetheless, he is the former MVP of the MLS when he played for the Chicago Fire. 21 goals. That's a lot, bro. Scoring is hard in in soccer and this dude did it at a rate that was incredible. And, of course, won a couple of championships as well uh, with the LA Galaxy. Uh, I had a pleasure of talking to him last week. He's also the owner of Sneaky Fox Vodka. Let's give it up for Mike McGee. Mike, what's up, man? Oh, thanks for thanks for dropping the uh, the vodka company. How you doing? Hey, hey, man. I just listen. I just re- I just read the paperwork exactly how it is right there. Uh, I appreciate it, Mike. Let's talk about this game first and foremost, and let's let's start with the U.S. getting out of the group stage. I mean, obviously, they had a great game where they they, they or a great match where they they drew against England. 
Um, tough, tough draw against Wales, and then obviously handling business against Iran. Were you surprised that they got to the group stage? You know what? No, no. I, I know these guys pretty well, and um, you know it's obviously huge. I mean, the World Cup they basically say is two tournaments. One, one's, one's just getting out of the group in itself, which is difficult. We saw Argentina lose like Saudi Arabia, so anything could happen. But not, now, now they're in the final sixteen, and, and it's NCAA uh, March Madness style. So now, now a whole new tournament begins, and I think we'll, you know, we'll see these guys fighting to the death. So I mentioned, I asked before the break. I was like, okay, well, let's say the let's say USA does, you know, shock the world, right? And they they beat <laughs> Netherlands. How do you see it going down? Is this something that you see it being like one one and going to penalties? Do you, how, how do you see, how do you see the game I'm flow? So soccer kind of snuck up on on everyone. We're good. We're we're, we're not gonna. It's it's not like the U.S. of old where we gotta hope for like counter attack or like get lucky. There's there, there's a half chance we're the better team tomorrow, and I, and I promise you, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we weren't or if we were. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So so you know you're looking at the roster, and obviously, I mean, so so Mike, I got I got really big into soccer a couple of years ago uh, because you couldn't gamble on anything, and and I have two <laughs> I have two young kids. So I was always up at like five thirty in the morning, and what was being played? You had some Bundesliga that was on, you know. And, and so my first love was Bayern Munich, and I didn't know, I didn't know that I was falling in love with the Yankees of the <laughs> soccer world, right? And so I just yeah. liked the way they played. I like Lewandowski, I like Muller, I like Gnabry, I like a lot of the guys. I like what they were doing. I like how they operated. So then somebody told me to say, "Man, you know what, Gabe." Like you, you, you like the Yankees, dude. You can't do that. You can't just go like soccer and like the Yankees. I said, okay. So then I, I, I went to the, I went to, to the Premier League and I said, okay, I'm gonna grab like a middle of the road team. And then I grabbed Newcastle and I said, I, I bought it. I'm literally on, the, on the back of my chair right now. I, it is a Newcastle coat. My producer can attest to it. I have a new look at the crest right here. I have a Newcastle coat on. I'm wearing and I, and, and I was like, whatever. So then for two years I'm watching this damn thing, and you're seeing that Newcastle was like the Bears. They're like the Bears. They were like the lovable losers. They had a great fan base, but they just couldn't get out of their own way. But the beauty of watching both of those things, Mike, was that I was able to appreciate soccer in a different way. I think relegation is an amazing thing. I think if it were adopted incredible. here in the States, it's it's so incredible, especially in the Bundesliga where the third-to-last-place team plays the, the third-place team in the, the league below them. It's just it's, it's incredible. I, like I said, I'm hooked. But the best part about that, though, oh, go ahead, sir. But Mike, was that I was able to see a lot of American players Right, I was able to see Reyna play for Dortmund in the Bundesliga. I was able to see Pulisic play for Chelsea. I was able to see some of these guys, Sergio Dest. I was able to see them. So, so when you say that there are some guys that are out there that are players, I mean, these are the guys that you're talking about. I mean, it goes further than that, but yeah, I mean, hell yeah, those guys are real players. But even the MLS guys, like Acosta. I mean, Brendan Aronson just went over there, but I mean, he's been in MLS his whole career, and Walker Zimmerman's a stud, although he had a tough first game. I mean, these kids are these kids are playing tough, man. We're playing real soccer. I mean, that England game, England's supposed to be a top three team in the world, and, and on that day, we were the better soccer team, which I don't think anyone in the, anyone in the world would have predicted. All right, so what do you think is the well, – all right, give me the ceiling. All right, so you, United States, they're in there. Well, what's the ceiling for them? Is it just that first round victory versus the Netherlands? Oh, unfortunately, we're staring Argentina right. <laughs> down the barrel at Argentina next game. So, listen, I, I think we could play – I think we could play an insane game against Argentina, make it tough, and I don't necessarily love our chances, but I think uh, – I, I think we'll make a lot of people proud. And I, and I do think we beat the Netherlands tomorrow. We're talking to former MLS MVP Mike McGee. Of course, 
Used to play with the Chicago Fire, won a couple of MLS Cups with the LA Galaxy. Uh, we appreciate him for giving him giving us some time here on 670 to score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. All right, so if it's not the U.S., and P- let's say somebody's listening right now to the score, and they're like, ah, soccer. And I'm like, no, no, wait, we're about to give you a gem. Who do you think is going to win the whole thing? Or give me two teams that you think can win it. Maybe somebody can put oh. some money down. Dude, I, I believe in a I believe in a soccer god, and I, and I just think I think Messi has to win the cup. I, I, I honestly I, I just, just think it, I think it has to I just think it has to happen. By the way, I got a funny story. So this morning I'm in a group text with a bunch of buddies who live all over the country, like Landon Donovan and all these guys, and everyone's saying how uh, Netherlands caught the flu. So every everyone in the, everyone in the chat is like, oh my god, they they got the flu, they're all sick, and then here I am being a Chicago boy. I'm like, oh my God, we're we're doomed. I'm thinking, of, <laughs> I'm thinking game. of Michael Jordan. I'm thinking of Michael Jordan in the flu game. Yeah. Everyone else thinks everyone else thinks it's a good thing. I'm like, oh my God, no, the- Mike, they're gonna score a goal, and then their celebrations is gonna be everybody has having their arms around each other, carrying <laughs> each other. That's don't you dare thing. give us the flu game oh. tomorrow. Jeez, like, <laughs> so I, I, I interpreted it a whole different way, but in, in soccer, it might, there's a lot more running, so. Let's let's hope the uh, let's hope there's not a not a flu game tomorrow. But these guys are actually running out of gas. Yeah, man, there are some teams that I do like, Mike. Outside of, I mean, obviously Argentina. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Son uh, from uh, South Korea. I, I love his game at Tottenham. You see what he did today in that second goal uh, to to push them through to the next round. Um, I, I like them. I mean, do you think on the other side you're looking at a team like Portugal or Spain, France, England, who, who do you think is coming out of that side if, if to go up against Argentina? France is huge. I mean, did you see Japan play? Japan yeah. beat Fast. Japan beat Spain and Germany, right? Or am I hallucinating? Yeah, 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 yeah they did. They beat both of them. I mean, it, the, the way they, they're just always Asian teams are always so fit and so disciplined and and it's just they just make it really tough to beat. I think the possession was something like they had 16% of possession, which is the lowest in Maybe in soccer history and still winning a game. So there's some teams that can sneak up on you. France ain't going to sneak up on anybody. Port- Portugal is a powerhouse, but I-, I think you I think you hit it on the head with South Korea, and I like Japan too. I think they're going to be be really really tough out. So if you're asking me for a bet, I got uh, I took Argentina after they lost the first game at plus eight fifty, but I think they're like plus five hundred now. Ooh, um, I like that. But let's. Yeah, why not? Why not? I think that's the only. I, I like that. No, no, no. Anything plus five hundred sounds amazing to me, Mike. I want to be very, <laughs> I want to be very clear. I'm a gambling man. Plus five hundred, <laughs> put a buck on it. I'm in on that. I love it. Yeah, if I if I'm a gam if I was a gambling man, which I am, I, I like Argentina. <laughs> there, I'm telling you, there 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 is a soccer god. They're just, you know, I lived it my whole life and gave dedicated my life to this game and. It just seems like like Messi lifting that trophy is just is yeah, destiny. Inevitable. All right, all right. Before I let you go, though, I do need his final score for the game tomorrow at 9 o'clock. 2-1 two, two USA. We got Brendan Aronson scoring, and we got Christian Pulisic scoring. I two believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. Let's go. Mike, appreciate you hanging out with me on a Friday, man. Uh, like Lou said last week, I'll be sipping on some Sneaky Fox later today. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you as always. You're, you're ah, the best. Thanks right, for having man. me. Take it easy, man. Former MVP of Major League Soccer right there, Mike McGee, hanging out with us on 670, the score. Of course, he played for the Chicago Fire and won a couple of cups with the LA Galaxy as well. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez here on 670, the score, leading you right into Bulls pregame, 845 Bulls taking on the Golden State Warriors. See what I did there, Cesar Perez? All right, on the other side, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bulls and 
and see if this 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 duo can coexist. And that who I'm talking about, of course, Zach Levine, Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. We'll discuss more on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez here on Six Seventy The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on Six Seventy The Score in Odyssey Station. I remember Friday nights back in the day, like something like I'd be like eight o'clock. I, I wouldn't even be starting my night. I'd be like calling, like the what we doing tonight. Text messages would be happening right now. Aging myself right now. Just that's that. You know what it was? I hear that music. I think about what I'm doing right now. I think I'm thinking about like when the when the Bulls game starts at eight forty five. You know what I'm gonna be doing? I'm gonna be like at home in my chair putting my daughter down and then going to watch the Bulls game like an old-ass man. But back in the day, I just want to live there for a second because it's Friday and I'm out the house and I'm feeling good. Back in the day, 8 o'clock, you'd be texting somebody. You'd be like, yo, what's going on tonight? There we go. That's all I really wanted. Like, ah, oh, probably don't even trip. Probably going to be over here. Who's picking up a bottle? Because, you know, you got a pregame. You're broke. Who's picking up a bottle? I got some orange juice at the crib. All right. Who knows the door guy at blah, blah, buzz, nightclubs. <laughs> Damn, I'm dating myself. But it was fun. Get home at 2 in the morning. Didn't have anything to do. Whatever. No. I'm on a tangent. Bulls Warriors, 845. Make sure you guys check out the pregame here. Chuck Swirsky, Bull Wennington, Mike Esposito, Esposito in for Alyssa Bergamini. Make sure you guys stick around for that one if you're going to be on the road later. All right. Uh, but speaking of this Bulls team. Zach Lowe and Bill, and Bill Simmons, they were reporting some pretty crazy stuff, man. Um, most notably was the fact that there have been internal discussions. you got to be very clear when you say that. Internal discussions by the Lakers organization about a trade involving DeMar and Vooch for a particular L.A. Laker. Now, DeRozan and Vucevic to the no Lakers way. for Russ and those two firsts. And make the 27 unprotected, make the 29 top five protected if you're the lakers if you're going to keep davis which i think is insane but it seems like they're going to if you're going to have lebron lebron's already putting out all these feelers for eh, yeah you know you don't want to waste a great year for me um and the west is wide open so you could talk yourself into it what happens to Polinka if the trade doesn't work he gets fired he's going to get fired anyway the Rosen and Vooch to the lakers for russ and two firsts one lightly protected and what what, what do you mean if it doesn't work out DeMar DeRozan is a killer. Vooch is what they want Anthony Davis to actually be. Vooch, okay, so Vooch is putting up 19 instead of 26. He's not the primary scorer on our on the Bulls team. But he's getting a ton of rebounds. One of the lead leaders in double-doubles. What are you talking about? I guess I'm getting upset because it sounds so stupid. I feel like I feel like this is fantasy basketball and you're 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 insulting me with that trade. Caesar, should I not be insulted? I feel insulted. Of all the things uh, from that interview, that that does seem like the most outlandish. Yes, Westbrook and some picks for Demar Derozan, Demarvelous? Absolutely not. And and Vooch, what? You want like? I don't even know. I don't even know if I would give up Demar for for all of that. I guess I understand the picks. I see where you're going, but the Bulls don't want that. The Bulls don't want to live in that space. The Bulls don't want to live in rebuild mode. They built a team that could compete. When what, what AK and Mark Eversley were doing, they were building a team that could compete in the present. What could I do right now? And he did just that. Let's not forget, they're missing a big component in Lonzo Ball. So 
when you're talking about this Bulls team, they're exa- they're doing exactly what they thought they'd do. Not competing for a championship, but taking themselves out of this mediocrity that they were living in for a damn decade. All right, you're not going to be the Bulls that suck not, and miss the playoffs. No, we're going to establish a winning culture here. And that's what they're doing. So if you're thinking of, of, of trading DeMar and Vooch for some first-round draft picks in 2027, 2029, no, no. What? What? No, no. Now, if you're saying, okay, well, you're going to get money off the books. DeMar's coming off the books. Vooch's coming off the books. What are you talking about? I feel it. You know what I'm, you have, you play fantasy football, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The schmuck that hits you up, and he's like, hey, bro, I was thinking uh, Brandon Cooks for Derrick Henry. You're like, what? Why are you insulting me right now? You're insulting my intelligence? What are you doing? But that wasn't the only trade that they talked about. They also had a landing spot for Zach Levine. Trade Levine to the Knicks. Levine's coming off, you know, the knee injury in May. He hasn't looked the same. But if you're the Knicks, you're like, well, we would have signed Levine for the max in the in the summer, so we'll get him anyway. So do topping and expirings, and uh, maybe make take them back back the uh, Fournier trade, and maybe do like a top four protected first next year, something like that. And you have Zach Levine, you, and roll the dice that his knee will be fine. You think you're gonna, you think you're gonna be able to protect any picks if you want Zach Levine, my Zachy? Absolutely not. Obi Toppin and a top four protect. It's insulting. Don't you understand that? I wish I was like some sort of mob boss and a guy was coming up to me and be like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Can, I want to take Zach Levine off your hands. I, I just, I, I would love for you to use that from now on. What you, you're Zachy, right? Yeah. Is that what you just said? You're Zachy? My, 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 my Justin and my Zachy. Guys, I'm an adult and this is, come on. I know I'm reporting and stuff like that, but no. These are guys that I look up to that I really want to be playing well. My hot take the last time, I got in trouble for it. And it was before this DeMar Vooch trade came out. I was asked, how do the Bulls get to the promised land? How do the Bulls become the championship quality team by Mark Grody? And I said the unpopular answer was, the Bulls got to... It, it, the Bulls are not going to win a championship with DeMar DeRozan there. Now, most people would say, oh, well, you can't win it without Zach. Specifically, my producer, Cesar Perez, would say that very same thing. But Zach, you need you need a Zach-like guy in the playoffs. I want like think, think to the playoffs. You need a guy that can create his own shot uh, 20 different ways. And that can make it as well. You need Zach. And you've seen him do that without DeMar there. DeMar is just kind of, and I love DeMar. I want to make that very clear. I'm super happy he's here. Way better basketball player than I ever thought he was. He's so skilled. He's He dominates every game he plays. But we're talking about the Bulls and it being in a championship level. What I said was, if the Bulls had a, a better superstar than DeMar in that space, then maybe the Bulls could be in that position. 312-644-6767. Love to get your text messages. Love to hear your phone calls as well. Let's go to Matt out there on the Kennedy. What do you got to say about this potential trade that people are putting out there now, Matt? Hey, I think uh, I, I agree with what you're saying is that they, AK, they've built 
something to win now. But I think with the injuries piling up and the inconsistent play with some of the other pieces to this Bulls roster that they're never going to beat a Bucks or a Boston Celtics as of right now, wouldn't you want – I mean, wouldn't the right mindset be like, you know, let's get what we can for the guys that are playing decent, like are good, like DeMar or decent, like Vuk, and build for the future and try to win more in the future. Try to, I mean, maybe try to get more than just Russell Westbrook, but wouldn't you want to build for the future if you can't win exactly right this moment? Yeah, I hear, uh, that was just my question. Yeah, I hear you, Matt. Thanks for the call, man. I really appreciate you chiming in with that. Again, if you if you got anything to say about this Bulls conversation, 312-644-6767. First of all, when, you, when you're talking about the injuries, maybe you're talking specifically about Lonzo Ball. You can't predict that. Right? That's unfortunate. You just can't, It's unfortunate you can't predict that what you thought you were putting together just doesn't exist on the floor. Now, when you're talking about get something in return, well, not necessarily, Matt, because the money, let's say if DeMar does go in free agency, you still have that money there, right? And the money that you were paying DeMar and you were paying Vooch, you can just go ahead and sign someone else. So, obviously, AK, Mark Eversley, understand who free agents are going to be in particular years, and that's why they, they ended up signing these these friendly deals for two years, three years, one year for a lot of these other guys, and and they understand where they're at now. Westbrook, I'm also a Westbrook fan. I don't, I don't hate Russell Westbrook. I, I, I actually think he's a really, really good player because he was always being compared to Derrick Rose. And then when Derrick Rose started getting injured, you kind of saw the greatness that was Russell Westbrook having a ton of triple doubles, right? So I, I don't mind that, but no, I think you, I think what you do is you continue to build what AK and Mark Eversley wanted, which was continuity. You wanted those guys to continue to play together, to have a better idea of how, like, that's how you're going to make the team better. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The team at the YMCA Monday Night League, the men's one, you know, guys that they walk in the gym and you're like, we're going to blow them out by 30, but they've been playing together since 16. And they know exactly where each one of them is going to be at. They know where they like the ball, you know, off the screen, all those kinds of things. That's what you need more of in Chicago. And I also think that those two guys are great leaders. I think DeMar DeRozan is a phenomenal leader because he leads by example, putting in a ton of work, playing at a high level for so many years, and then Vooch the same way. You can complain if you want about Vooch's three-point shooting, but he's nice around the rim. Who else is grabbing rebounds besides Vooch and Andre Drummond? So you got to appreciate guys like Vooch. I, I think he's a, an important piece to this Bulls team. Let's not forget, Vooch used to tear up the Bulls for 30 points a game, 30-10, like all the time. And he's still capable of it, but he's not being asked to be the one. Right? So you can't compare those stats of him on Orlando when he was the number one guy to being on the Bulls when he's sharing some time. He's still performing at an extremely high level. Now, there were some other people that, other guys, other guys on the Bulls, members of the Bulls organization that Bill Simmons was saying uh, should be traded away too, namely Alex Caruso, one of our favorites. Caruso, if Chicago tanks, is the most interesting trade piece. His contract is really good. I think it's $9 million. He's somebody that makes sense on the Bucks. He's somebody that makes sense on the Warriors. He's somebody that makes sense on the Cavaliers. Could Okoro be enough to get? They don't have any picks left. Could Okoro and something else be enough to get Caruso? Probably not because... I have Golden State stepping in here. Golden State, Moody, DiVincenzo, and some sort of future pick swap in 2027. Give him $3 billion bucks too, because, you know, Reinsdorf has, has been a cheap owner his whole life. 
Daniel Caruso on the Warriors. That's somebody who could play crunch time for them. Watch out for that. So anyway, you get all that stuff, you get all those picks, and you're in the Wimpanyama sweepstakes. They should be doing this. I can't say it enough. I feel disrespected. It's like every time we play a clip from this guy, I'm like, dude, who is this guy? Like, what is he thinking right now? He's talking about the Bulls. Like, there's some bottom feeders. Say Miami has one more win than the Bulls. Why aren't you talking about trading away Jimmy Butler? Why aren't you talking about trading away Bam Adebayo? Like, why are you coming for this Bulls team? Let them, let them, Zach Levine's coming back from injury. They have one of the most dominant second teams in the NBA. Chill. Relajate, Bobby. Like, relax a little bit. You're just, I feel disrespected. I, I didn't think I was going to feel that way. I got to be very honest. I thought I was coming out here just to talk about, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying, some trades. But no, I feel a certain type of way. Whatever. Hopefully you Bulls fans do too. And if you are going to be on the road, if you are going to be on the Odyssey app at 845 in just a half an hour, that's when pregame starts. Bulls, Warriors, right here on 670 The Score. Make sure you guys stick around for that. Uh, But when we come back on the other side, we get an opportunity to talk to Peter Bukowski. He is one of the lead guys on Locked On Packers. And I wonder if he's fearful of Justin Fields playing on Sunday. Or does he think that it's just going to be another walk in the park for Aaron Rodgers? We'll discuss Bears, Packers with Peter Bukowski on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Yeah, I've enjoyed the rivalry over the years and been a part of uh, a ton of these games. I think I've you know, been in 18 years plus a playoff game. This is the 37th uh, you know, I'll be a part of, and I've enjoyed all of them. It's a great rivalry. Been around for a long, long time. Happy to be on this side of it. Um, but a lot of good memories at Soldier Field. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's almost like you want to hate it, but you can't because he's just, he's like, yeah, you know, it's actually a really cool rivalry. Of course you're saying that. You're on the better side of it. So frustrating sometimes. You know what? But I get to bash someone. Right now. Nah, he gets to bash me. I'm just playing. Uh, he's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the host of the Lockdown Packers podcast, uh, and he's the co-founder of The Leap as well. Uh, let's give it up for Peter Bukowski, man. What's up, Peter? Uh, I'm uh, I'm ready for this rivalry, too. I have a lot of nice things uh, to say about it as well, having having covered the team that is also on the on the good side of the rivalry. All right, well, let me st- let me start with the, with the pleasantries, and let me say congratulations, man. I saw that you're, you're going to have a baby. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a father of two. I got a two-and-a-half-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So when I saw the picture, I was just like, aww. So congratulations, man. I'm really happy for you guys. So, so what you're saying is now you're mad you can't come at me. I appreciate it. No, I really saw try. what I did there. You saw what I did there. You you butter them up to tear them down, build them up to tear them down, Peter. Uh, no, nah, but let's talk about this game. I mean, first, let's talk about uh, David Bakhtiari. I mean, I know you just finished your Locked On Packers uh, podcast. Uh, make sure you guys follow that locked at Locked On Packers. Um, and so, were you surprised that he wasn't going to play because he's been pretty banged up, right? He has been, but this is a different situation because this was. He, you know, he thought he had, you know, uh, strained an abdominal muscle and he went to the doctor and he said, hey, this is the deal. And what they found out was he needed emergency appendectomy surgery. So this was, um, you know, the, the knee has been something that we have been concerned about from the outside. And certainly the team has been concerned about now for going on two years. And so for this other thing to pop up, is just sort of like, man, this guy absolutely cannot catch a break. And, and I, I hope 
um, that, you know, Bears fans can understand, even in a rivalry spot like this, like David Bakhtiari, one of the most likable guys in the league, a beloved teammate, respected throughout the league. He is, he is the kind of guy that, that you know, it, you have to sort of, even in a rivalry, have begrudging respect for, um, you know, the same way that, that, you know, Packer fans did for Khalil Mack and, and Matt Forte and other guys throughout the years. Um, and so this is just, it's really a frustrating situation um, for one of the one of the truly great offensive linemen that we have in the league. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, in a perfect world, Bears and Packers would have every, everyone healthy so that that way, you know, it could be a true rivalry game where, you know, you have two teams playing at their best. But unfortunately, uh, there's been some injuries that have been lingering on both sides of the uh, of of the Wisconsin-Illinois dividing line here. Um, you're looking at a guy like Justin Fields, you know, b- banged up, didn't play last week versus the Jets. You see Aaron Rodgers with his thumb issue and his and his and his, his you know everything else that he's dealing with. Are you expecting both of them to play, Peter, on Sunday? You know, I w- I was actually pretty surprised when when we heard from Matt Eberflus. Um, saying that that Justin Fields felt like he was, you know, able to protect himself um, and all those things. I, I just thought for the face of your franchise, if, if you think this guy is um, everything you want out of a quarterback, that there, there's just no reason in a season where, you know, you're more likely to get the number one picks and make the playoffs. And I, I don't know why you push it here if you're Chicago. I mean, I'm getting texts from some of my Bears fans' friends that are like, I don't – I, I want to beat the Packers – every time, but I don't want to do it at the risk of Justin Fields. Like, that's just how they feel about Justin Fields, and I get it. Um, Packer fans, you know, to a degree, feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers. It's sort of like, what do you have to prove at this point against a team that, as he'll remind you, he's owned over the course of his career? Like, what, what is really the point here? Um, but at the same time, as a fan of football, you know, I'd much rather see Aaron Rodgers against Justin Fields than Jordan Love against Tim Boyle. <laughs> We're talking to Peter Bukowski, host of Lockdown Packers podcast right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Yeah, I think when it comes to the Justin Fields thing, Peter, everyone is just so excited to see him play and yeah. to watch him continue to grow. And I think that, you know, what what they feel like is that the amount of damage he's taken, granted it was heightened in that one particular play on that last drive of the game versus the Falcons. But, you know, I, I think that it's more so them understanding that we, we can – Every week he's taking uh, far less more amount of hits, and I think that that's what they're looking at. They're like, he's, he's sliding more. He's getting out of bounds more. He's protecting his body more. And if he can actually get out there and play, Iberflus has been dead set on, hey, man, we're trying to win games. We don't want to think about anything else. And if the, and, and Luke Getzey said it too. Hey, if, if Justin Fields is there, we're running the very same game plan. So I don't see them changing it up much, much either. But, but I, I do think it's a, it's a matter of they understand that they're still – a ton of growth left for Justin Fields, and in order for right. him to to reach his potential, he needs to be out there and play. And and I and I was I gotta be honest, Peter, I was a guy that was like, hey man, let's shut him down for these three weeks. You know, the Jets game, the Packers game, the bye week, because he's gonna have a tough sledding in this these last four four games after the bye week. But then if you look at those games, Peter, like they're against the Eagles, they're against the Buffalo Bills, they're against the Vikings. So I, I really think. That in this particular situation, the Bears are just looking for that that one, looking for one more win, to just kind of elevate the team spirit, so they can still buy into to the the coaching principles that Ibrahimovic is trying to to instill in them. Yeah, this is one of those interesting situations where you, you might have a coach and GM at cross purposes, right? Because if you're Ryan Poles, you're going, 
yeah, but we're, we're, we're thinking long-term, but a coach doesn't think that way. And, and they're both right to think that way. Like no one is, no one is wrong to be thinking the way that they're, they're thinking. Like it's a coach's job to win these games and to, you, you have a coach, a first-year coach who's trying to set a culture. So this is exactly what you want is saying, we're going to try and go out and win every single game. What, what I would worry about, and I talked about this with Lauren Cox, who hosts Locked on Bears on our crossover show on Thursday, that if, if you have a quarterback who you know, like we know Justin Fields is an incredibly dynamic runner. We've seen that this season. I've been, I've been so impressed with Luke Getze and the, and the design runs. And Justin Fields has been just otherworldly as a, as a runner this season. It's as a passer that we still need to see that progress being made. So, so my question was to Lauren was, are you, are you worried about um, setting back his development as a passer if you take away the thing that is going to make his passing game theoretically even more dangerous, and that is the run game? I, I don't buy Luke Getze saying we're going to call the same game. I just don't. Like you, you, I think it would be, I think it would be a dereliction of duty to so, to call the same game. You have an injured quarterback. He's not a hundred percent. If you're going to call twelve designed runs, that is that is just like bad. Like that that is not smart to do with your potential franchise quarterback. So then, if you don't have that element or you you reduce that element, then how does that affect the passing game? And we we've seen. You know, the, the best Justin Fields passes have been play action. They've been rollouts. They've been on-the-move stuff that often plays off of the running game. So do you, how much of that do you lose if you're also not calling those Justin Fields design runs? And I think that would be another reason if I'm Chicago, I'm going, look, if, if we can't call our, our full game plan and we probably shouldn't call our full game plan, then maybe the best thing to do is to sit him until he's 100% healthy and not oh, I'm good enough to go. I think those are two different things. And I think you, you have to be able to, especially in a season now where, you know, they're, they're, it's just pride and culture that they're playing for. An extra week is not going to, is not going to, you know, I don't, I, I don't think cause a mutiny in the locker room. <laughs> I don't think so either. I was talking to Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers here on 670, the score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Who's going to come out on top? We have the top, running attack in the NFL versus the worst rushing defense in terms of yards given up <laughs> who, who, who wins this battle? So to speak, you know, I, I think, I think the answer is uh, the Packers offense. Um, and that's a weird answer, right? <laughs> no, but no, no. That I, is, actually ding, ding, ding. That is the right answer, Peter. It is the Packers <laughs> offense. Because the thing about the, the last couple of years, the Packers have not had a good run defense the last couple of years, but the Packers offense has been the best, run defense that the team could muster because if you have to score 30 it's really hard to stick with your run game and so you go back to that that week three matchup and it's the second half and the bears are down two scores the packers are in these two high safety looks they're in light boxes thinking the bears are going to pass and the bears just kept running and and that's one of the reasons why they ended up with such a gaudy running total in that game um i think they had it was over a hundred yards rushing on that final drive Mm -hmm. um which is which is crazy because there were two penalties on the bears um, that meant that they had to go more than the length of the field, which is pretty quite, and they did it. Um, but I, I just, it's hard to see with the way that this Bears defense is now, no Kyler Gordon, no Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson is hurt now. It's Jalen Johnson and the Island of Misfit Toys. Like, I just don't know how you're going to get stops. Aaron Rodgers is, is going to play. Romeo Dobbs, it sounds like he has a good chance to come back. Christian Watson has been a touchdown scoring machine. Like, if the Packers are going to do what the Jets did and get to 30 
even with Justin Fields out there, I don't I don't know how you can stick to that run game and expect to get to thirty in this game. Yeah, that's been the biggest issue for the Bears the last couple of weeks. It's you know it's it's it, you were mentioning the number thirty, but that, that that's what the Bears defense has been looking at, and it's the inability to stop teams from putting up more than thirty. And then you're putting up so much pressure on Justin Fields to score literally every time he has the ball mm-hmm. if you're looking for a victory. And that's just that's just not not, not reasonable. And, and, you know, a lot of people in Chicago have been coming down on Justin for the inability to score in the last couple of minutes and to win a game. But I, I've been totally against it. I'm like, dude, he already scored five times. Like, ask the defense. Put it on the defense once in a while. And I think in this particular game, it's going to be more of the same where – uh, Bears defense is going to lose out because of you know all the injuries that they're dealing with. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, the Bears, they do feel better about the receiver room now than they did at the beginning of the season. Uh, do, do the Packers, do they feel the same way about their receiver room entering into Week 13? Or is, it, or, or is there still that, that question that's looming over them? You know, I, I do think there's still, you know, if it's third and eight, who are you going to throw the ball to? What's the concept? It can't just be Devontae Adams, go win one-on-one. Um, but at the same time, they've done a really good job of, of scheming up concepts of pairing um, route combinations with formations and, and say, okay, you're going to sit on this. So here's the counter off of that. Um, I, you know, I think that high leverage moments like that is when, when that kind of game planning and scheming can be really effective. Um, but a certain, on a certain uh, level, you need ball winners. You need guys that are just going to go make plays. And, and I think the Packers, you know, you have Al Lazard is, is a guy who can make some contested catches. You have uh, Randall Cobb, who can make plays from the slot. You have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, who are guys who can make plays vertically. And, and I think that gives you a lot of options. Then it's about execution. Can you hold up in protection? Can you make accurate throws? And that's a weird thing to say and with a team quarterback by Aaron Rodgers, but he's been uncharacteristically inconsistent with his ball placement. How much of that is the thumb versus you know, other factors? We don't know. Um, is how how limited is his rotation upper half rotation going to be on his throwing motion um, this week with this um, rib injury? We don't know, uh, but I, I think that they they have to feel like this overhaul at receiver. It was going to take some time. Like the the problem with this team is is really not that the offense went through a lull in the middle of the season, although they did. It's that in the middle of the season, the defense, which was supposed to be a strength has turned into um, the, uh, an even bigger weakness than it had been in years past for reasons that aren't, aren't entirely clear. Just guys not playing to the level that we're used to seeing, guys like Kenny Clark, who started the, the season at House of Fire, is, is, is not getting any help. And so teams are finding opportunities to double and, and send help to him. And so he's not having the same impact. They lose Rashawn Gary. Darnell Savage is taking a step back. Adrian Amos suddenly looks like, you know, he's on the decline after a couple really stellar seasons coming over from Chicago. So they're, they're, they're not getting what, they're, what they want defensively done. And that didn't give the Packers the latitude to get these rookies up to speed in the offense. Now the rookies are up to speed. Now Romeo Dobbs is a real part of this passing game. Now Christian Watson is a real part of this passing game. The problem is the defense is still struggling. Too bad defense. Too, too bad defenses. Yep. Uh, surely make for an entertaining game. over. Yeah, Peter, thanks for hanging out with me on this Bears-Packers Friday, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, anytime. Peter Bukowski, make sure you check out his Locked on Packers podcast if you're into that sort of thing. I don't know why your sick, twisted mind would be, though. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez. Uh, About to get up out of here, man. I feel like I went through an emotional roller coaster today, talking about some Bears-Packers, talking about 
these foolish trades that they're trying to get rid of some of these Bulls players. And then Justin Fields, whether he's going to play or not, I've definitely gone on one. But I think I was nice to the Packer guy. Caesar, what do you think? He thought I was. I thought I was. I, I thought that I thought I was going to go a little bit harder on him, but he seemed like a nice guy. I think you were very civil, very classy. Yeah. You know, as yeah. as us spirit fans are classy people. Always right? classy. I was going to ask him a score, but then I really didn't want to start cursing at him. So I just said, you know what? Let me let this guy. He's got a kid on the way. Probably dealing with stress. You know what I mean? At the house. Let me not. Let me not make his life uh, worse than it already is. All right. Uh, what else? I want to tell you guys about the scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show. Next Tuesday, myself, Anthony Heron, uh, will be at the Piazza in Aurora. If you guys have ever been to the Piazza, it's, it's a pretty impressive place, man. It's pretty big, bigger than you would ever think. Um, so if you want to hang out with me, I'll be broadcasting live on Tuesday from 6 to 9 p.m. So all my people in Aurora, if you're in and around Aurora, you want to get yourself a Miller Lite, we're going to be giving away some Bears tickets. Also an opportunity for you to get on the field for a Bears game in the future. That'll be up for grabs as well, all right? want to thank my guests today. Of course, Cassie Carlson from Fox 32. want to thank Mike McGee, former MLS MVP, for coming on and talking some World Cup. Also want to thank Peter Bukowski from Lockdown Packers for hanging out with us today as well. Got to thank my producer, man. He did a phenomenal job today. Cesar Perez, man, making the sounds sound silky, as they always do, coming from him when he's running the boards. All right, coming up next... 845, you got Bulls, Golden State Warriors pregame with Chuck, Bill, and Mike Esposito filling in for Alyssa Bergamini, all right? It's Gabe Ramirez, mi gente, my people. Until next time, hasta la próxima. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.